What did we just watch, Amy? We just went to go see Knives Out. Yeah? Yes. Cool. Was it good? It was good. All right. Podcast over. <laughs> Done. It's Master Credits. Cool. This is our unprepared first take on it. Yeah. Full of spoilers, and this is an important one. Yes, this one this is one of those movies uh, that can and will be spoiled. So. Right. It's one of the ones where they can't say too much in reviews because uh-huh. saying too much is going to spoil too many things. Yeah, I think knowing who the protagonist of this movie is is a spoiler. Yeah. Which is interesting. Like that's As... that's that's not something you see in a lot of films. Yeah, yeah. Although as we get through award season, it's going to become clear. It better. Uh, <laughs> who, who that might be, I yeah. believe, because we do have two Actor Golden Globe noms for this film. Oh, do we? And one best I, picture. I have no idea. For musical or comedy. Well, I did I did Wikipedia. Oh, good. The whole, That's I read the article you. before we started <laughs> today. But I, I took like two notes during the entire movie. And yeah. one of them is barely a note. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I just jotted down some notes too. Because I was like, this is good. I don't think I have anything to say. This is good. But I, I do. You do have I, things I, to say? I, I, well, I, good. I thought of them. Yeah. That's good. So, uh, yeah, Daniel Craig is for Best Actor. Okay. Uh, musical or Comedy. And uh-huh. Ana de Aris um, yes. is up for the Best Actress. Best Actress. Yes. So, yeah, I don't think I we, saw her uh, in the previews for this movie. I'd have to go watch them again. Yeah, I just, well, I remember in the previews only seeing people that I knew. Yeah. Armas on a. Um, so obviously and, Daniel Craig. Yeah, and it may just be because I was, it was like Daniel Craig, mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette. Yeah, um, big names. The, Steve yeah. Rogers, Captain America yeah, himself. Captain around, uh, yeah, Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's, Might not have been noticed What's Steve Rogers' real name? Oh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. <laughs> also, in watching the credits, one of the assistant uh, craft service people yeah. was Chris Evans, and I'm now really curious if the same uh, Chris Evans. If it was just a guy named Chris Evans, <laughs> or if like Captain America swoops in there now and then to help chop some veggies up. I want to believe that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. Anna de Armas is that what we said her name was? Yes. Um, was, in fact, the protagonist of this film, despite not appearing predominantly in any of the trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, although I went into this not really knowing what to expect, other than, like, Ryan Johnson made an Agatha Christie-esque whodunit. Yeah. And we'd heard from lots of people... That it was good. ...good things. Yeah. I hadn't seen anything negative about yeah. it. Well, I've, I've yet to see a Ryan Johnson movie that I didn't thoroughly enjoy. Really? Yeah. And uh, we'll talk later about Last Jedi. Yes. Um, when we... When we see we've that, seen, we haven't. No, seen no, it. we've seen Last Jedi. Oh, sorry, Last Jedi. Yeah, we need to Rise see of Skywalker. Yeah, we just rewatched um, Last Jedi and the one before it, Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do a Star Wars Megasode. On the latest trilogy. On the latest trilogy. Yeah, what did you think? What are what are some of your thoughts? Um. It is a movie that I would like to see again. Yeah. And that's that doesn't happen very often mm-hmm. for me. And it's not... I enjoyed it. It's not necessarily to enjoy it again, but to see the craftsmanship of it. Yeah. And to, to learn more about how it it's kind a, of put together and pay more attention to acting. Because I was like, 
so into solving the the mystery and then wondering what's the rest of this movie about yeah um yeah. that i i i wasn't able to take in everything all at once mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I you know, the, that is something that's really interesting. I, I went through a lot of different like analogy comparisons. You start like, what is the mystery of this movie? Is almost sort of the question of like, well, what's actually going on? Um, what, yeah, what is the plot? Yeah, what is what the is what are about? we doing? Yeah, um, because the movie. I was going to say the movie doesn't hold any secrets back, which is not true. Yeah, uh, the movie does not hold anything back that the protagonist doesn't know. Right. So anything she knows, we the audience know fairly quickly. Um, so the, the patriarch of this wealthy family, mystery writer, dies under mysterious circumstances, seems to have committed suicide in a dramatic fashion. Played by Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer, doing a great job, as he does. Uh and like so you're sort of like oh you know locked room murder mystery did somebody kill him what's going on and then 20 to 30 minutes into the movie we get the answer we know who killed him and how Uh and uh it was amazing (laughs) i mean just the two of them anna de armas and christopher Plummer, like their one major scene together was amazing right um i love their banter back and forth and very very clearly established like who these people are what their relationship is and then very clearly makes it clear like this was a terrible thing that happened and it was a a a terrible accident that couldn't have happened to work or to better people right um because both of them are very good people Right, well, we see at least Marta, who's played yes. by Ana de Armas, who we're going to say is the protagonist of the yes. film, who is the home, like, health care, she's a registered mm-hmm. nurse, yeah. um, worker, that she's a good person. We see uh, Christopher Plummer's character treat her well, and, mm-hmm. like, see him awakening to, like, finally cutting off his children uh-huh. for their own good, but we don't necessarily know. That, that's fair. If he was a good father. We don't know any of that. Uh, yeah. Husband. Yes. He, he was trying to turn around, if nothing else. Yeah. He was he was trying to make amends or make a difference. But he did seem like a sweet person. Yeah. Right? He does makes this great, you know, acceptance of, of I'm going to die and mm-hmm. doesn't want Marta to get into trouble for yeah. it. Um, which is, you know, later learned... He had the added conflict of if she got in trouble for the murder, his will would be nullified, yes. and it would it would actually go for. Yeah, all, I actually like, hadn't thought about children. that as a motivation of his until like right now. Yeah, but that's really interesting. Yeah, no, that's yeah. definitely. Yeah. Which is one of the things uh, Ryan Johnson makes plot. Yes, plot driven. Ryan films. Johnson makes plot driven films. <laughs> so everything that happens happens for a reason, and yeah. sometimes multiple reasons. But there are no really like loose ends. Yes, and that's again true of all of Ryan Johnson's very tightly crafted, amazing films. Uh, I haven't seen Brothers Bloom, so that one could be a whole mess, but I doubt it. I mean, I saw Brick like ten years ago, and I don't think I saw Looper. So yeah, Looper. It's weird. Looper, I think, is his weakest film. 
and I couldn't tell you why without seeing it again. Mm-hmm. Like I walked away from Looper less impressed, uh, but that's a story. That's right. I don't know why I don't like Looper. Oh, well. <laughs> we can do it. We can watch it. We can talk about it on Ryan the Johnson retrospective yeah. here. Um, but yeah, so he had that. Yeah, that, that sort magnanimous. of secondary motivation. But also, which makes me think, oh, well, maybe he's not like a purely hearted. Maybe there's also this motivation mm-hmm. uh, to to kind of stick it to his family. Yeah. Well, and I wasn't sure. Like, weirdly, there were times when I wasn't sure he was dead in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, despite the fact that, like, we're a week after his funeral, um, like, Marta sees him kill himself. Like, all of these, like, things, like, very clearly he's dead. I'm like, well, what if he's not dead? I think I think I was expecting twist after twist almost. Well, right, because what, 20, well, as we just said, 20, 30 minutes, they... They solve the murder. The, for the yeah. audience. Yes. The audience sees what happened for the murder. Mm-hmm. And you know... Well, we've got a lot of movie left, so what Where What else is there this? to figure what out? Doing? What more mystery is there? Well, I thought it might pivot to, and it sort of did for, for a middle portion, pivot to the sort of, um, I was thinking Columbo, the How Catch'em. You know, Columbo, one of my favorite TV shows, very much like always shows you like, here's how the murder was committed. Here's this sort of perfect crime being set mm-hmm. up. Um, in much the same way that um, Marta and Blanc, no Howard, oh. the, it's not Howard, the, the Christopher Plummer character, Thrombe, Thrombe, uh, Thrombly. There's so many people in this film. There were a lot of people in this movie. Um, All of them very good. Harlan, Harlan, like Harlan, Harlan Coben, yes, Coben. Um. Like, we get their sort of setup, and we see all of the steps, and we see it being executed mm-hmm. more or less perfectly. Like, there's still, like, little bits, and, and Harlan stills like, you know, we're going to miss something. Something's going to slip through, but you have to get through it. You're going to figure it out. I trust you. Yeah. So, thinking that the rest of the movie was going to be Detective Blanc. Mm-hmm. Figuring it out. Yeah, figuring it out. Or, or not. Or, or not. Or getting, getting away, away with, with it. it. Um, and the movie did... Both of those things in ways I didn't expect, which I love. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Marta was amazing, like just as a character and the sort of getting backed into corners, but finding her ways around them. Mm-hmm. Um, I freaking love the scene where one of the sons, Walt. Walt was the youngest son yeah. played by Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Yeah, Walt is like confronts her in the back hallway of her apartment. Yeah. And he's like threatening her and being like, "Hey, give up the inheritance that you've just been given or we will tear you apart." And and but he's not saying it that way. He's saying it very nicely. I'm like, "Oh, we have the resources to take care of you. We'll make sure this all gets sorted out." And she's just like, "Oh, well, if you have all of those resources, now, I have all of those resources yeah. because it was all just given to me. Yes. Um, and just turning that on him and walking out. Well, and really slipping back into her apartment and escaping. Yes. Because yeah. she was visibly scared. Mm-hmm. He, he was threatening in yes. his presence. Yeah. Um, but, like, sort of dealing with all of that was really fascinating and impressive. Uh, I think there was a second thing I wanted to say about. Marta. Yeah, just Marta was, was smart and clever and but also like very true to her character. Um, mm-hmm. There was there was a moment, there's so many of these moments, there's probably more of them if I've ever watched this again, 
um, where they're playing Go, and they're playing very fast-paced Go. And I don't, I don't know if that was an artistic choice or if they've just sort of played so many times or what they're doing. Um, and Armin was like, "You always beat me, or you beat me more often. I should be better at this than you are." And he's like, "Well, I'm not playing the same game you are." Which is like the entire rest of the movie mm. is she is playing a different a game than everybody else, um, and she beats the what well, we eventually find out to be the villain mm-hmm. of uh, Ransom, yeah. uh, played by Chris Evans, yeah. um, who I knew was shady from very early on, uh, but figuring out like the how and the why of that was like really interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's meant to be he's made to look really shady. Oh, yeah, just like a totally stuck-up, spoiled, rich... Yeah, trust fund kid. Trust yeah. fund baby. Um, who, who pretends to be working with her and is actually plotting against her and all these sorts of things mm-hmm. and is, is very clever, but he was playing the wrong game. Um, and, if, and the whole sort of, not point, but like the moral of the movie is that, you know, she was playing the different game. She was playing the nice game, the game of heart, and that's what allowed her to win such as it was. Mm-hmm. Because she called 911 and she was doing the right thing. Right. And not focused on just making all the money. Right. $60 million in a publishing empire and a house and all that sort of stuff. Although, I mean, I guess some writers make that much money, but uh, it's very rare. Yeah. Well, I, I sort of got the impression that, like, the publishing empire was maybe beyond just the single book mm. or a single author. Wasn't made super clear one way or the other. Um, it is rich. It is, it is, facts like that don't matter how, yeah. how he got. That's, that's not a plot hole, as someone yeah. on YouTube might say. Right. Like, right. that's not a plot hole. It's not important yeah. to the story that's being told. Yeah. Um, well, and as you know, if you have money, you can make more money. And that was what, for example, um, Haley, Jamie Lee Curtis's character did like she took a lot of money? Not she didn't take a lot, but she made her own fortune and was sort of. Did she? If she took a million dollar? No, she didn't make her own fortune. Oh, okay, she turned a million dollars into a much larger sum yes. of money. Yes. <laughs> no, she did not build it from the ground up as she claimed because yeah. that's not how that works. Yeah. No. <laughs> she was one of the more sympathetic characters, like on a spectrum, like eh, a little more. <laughs> Maybe none of them were great people. Or yeah, interesting. yeah, I, yeah. The uh, the introduction of the whole family was great. Of the the one on one interviews and sort of recounting the moments of you know what happened at the party that night. Yeah, and the way it's spliced together, it's edited the way the stories kind of mm-hmm. bounce off of each other and yeah, what one person's saying other, and, and different yeah. point of views, um, which is kind of I thought maybe we would be there for the more. Like yeah, I mean, I, I almost expected the, that to be the movie. Like, yeah. We're going to see just, these. Everybody's different take on each part mm-hmm. of the night until we and find. We slowly put it all together. No, and happened? so, yeah, so when it does take that sort of hard right turn with Marta, just like, and the audience becoming aware of exactly what happened uh, was was great. That's not what I was <laughs> expecting. What? What are we doing here? Uh, and that frickin' the frickin' knife display in like the study, <laughs> over the top, what ridiculous a great visual display. But an amazing visual <laughs> throughout the whole thing of just like every time we're in there, like it's just this giant thing you've seen on the posters and things. 
Also, like, it weirdly fits in the house. Like, Oh, yeah, I the mean, whole like, house is full of weird, creepy, fits, aesthetic things. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't out of place in any particular way. Yeah. Also, Lakeith Stanfield was in this movie, and he's amazing. Yeah. In everything. Well, he is. But also this. He's a good... Um... Yeah. I knew... See, here's... here's because I know you, we've talked about how you don't watch movies looking for the solutions, and I tend to do so. Yeah, I'm just um, letting it come to me. Yeah, which is fine. Neither one of those is wrong. Um, but when they were recounting, so um, Blanc is talking to Stanfield, uh, Ricky Stanfield's character, the detective, and he's like, okay, walk me through everything. Like, what happened? Like, what are the confirmed things that we happened around time of death? And he's like, okay, well, someone went up the stairs, someone down the stairs. You know, we've confirmed these were who they are. Everybody's stories matches. And then a dog barked at 3 a.m. Um, and so, like, immediately, like, I now have this list of things that we have to have answers for. Mm. And when we hear Marta's story, it doesn't answer why the dog barked at 3 a.m. Yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> I did notice that. And I'm like, okay, something else mm. is going on here. Something is happening. I missed the clue with... Um, the mother grandmother character uh, back again already which was brilliant like I, I love I love mysteries that do this where they put all of the clues in front of you they explain it all <laughs> they do not hide what's going on from you but you don't know but you don't so know it's all put together and then for you, you go ah nope. <laughs> um, yeah back again already Oh, oh, it's perfect. That makes total sense. Yeah, it was real fun. Well, uh, yeah, and it, it, she doesn't seem like a reliable narrator. No, sort of we, well, we don't. We don't really. Um, we see her the way the family sees her, which is sort of as a piece of furniture mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Um, when she really wasn't, she was very aware. And... Well, but she does mistake Marta for ransom. Yes. So you yeah. wonder. Like, what's going on? After you already have the family mm-hmm. um, treating her treating her as, as such. Yeah. Man, this whole cast is great. Yeah. I was just scrolling. Oh, yeah. Tony Collette shows up in this and is amazing. <laughs> as a um, definitely not Gwyneth Paltrow. But kind wellness of like... guru. Like, legally distinct from. <laughs> with her wellness brand called Flam. Which was a great joke to me. Off, like riffing off goop. Well, well yes, just... but like referencing that, but also being like flim flam. Mm-hmm. Um, of being sort of like, you know, we call something a flim flam when it's nonsense. Um, so that the fact that that was the name of her wellness brand mm. was funny to me. Um, lots of little little moments and jokes. Uh, that was something that was interesting to me. Was how this is one of the two notes I wrote down when I was writing notes in the theater on my blacked out cell phone so nobody could see that I was writing. Um, this movie establishes fairly early on a very specific time period, which I didn't quite expect. Um, like, I knew we were doing this sort of like take on Agatha Christie, and so there's almost, there's almost an assumption in my brain that was like, oh, this is going to be. Not in the past, but evocative of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, could theoretically be almost at any time. 
but it was very like we saw technology specific technology early on and often um you know cell phones and smartphones and we had characters like the nazi kid like very clearly. oh yeah that was that has to be a product of you know 2015 on yeah like that's yeah. that's very much putting this in a specific moment in time which is not a bad thing mm-hmm. um but it's interesting not because it didn't it couldn't be but because I sometimes feel like Columbo and Agatha Christie, which I was thinking about all these these time, mm-hmm. you know, I think of them as old but timeless, like, mm-hmm. because they still work really well today. They still resonate today. Although there was an entire Columbo episode that hinged on the existence of a VCR. Yes. <laughs> as sort of esoteric technology. Because <laughs> a guy recorded a, ba- a football yeah. game that was live and then... Played it back with his his drunk friend, and so he thought it was happening at a yeah. different time. Um, yeah, but those things aren't; those were more like character and setting. They were really plot. No, like, no, they weren't driving the plot. You know, yeah, the, the they wouldn't have changed the plot. No, there was. I was not saying that this was like a technology driven plot mm. in that sort of way. Um, in, but in sort of the way, like Brick, which does take place in a modern setting feels more outside of time mm. like characters use pay phones and brick characters um don't interact with technology or any specifics of locale beyond the movie itself um i think the theater department's putting on a fossey production so it feels more outside of time in that sort of way which is something that johnson seemed to be Consciously or unconsciously avoiding in this. Yeah, well, and most of the mysteries that this is evoking, the Agatha Christie, maybe some Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. um, are, are British. Mm-hmm. Clue is an American film, but you've got, like, um, Tim Curry in it. Yeah. Although he may have an American accent, so it may not evoke. Well, I mean, Clue is evoking those as well. Um, like the same Agatha yeah, Christie. Yeah, but, but this is an American setting. And so yes. something I was thinking about was the upstairs-downstairs aspect of it. Mm-hmm. In, a, in this big mansion and the way that kind of American money was trying to replicate European money. Yes. Um, and so, like, Harlan has... He has the upstairs portion mm-hmm. for his bedroom and the office and what would have been, like, servants' quarters. Yes. In, but, and yet, you have two characters who are servants, mm-hmm. basically, yeah. in the house um, who are fairly fleshed out and developed. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we said, Marta is the protagonist of the film. Um, Fran is the actual kind of housekeeper yes. uh, person in it. And she's we don't see too much of her, but we do pay attention. Whereas so many of these types of mysteries brush over. Yeah. Well, and uh, like the, the famous characters. idea of like the butler did it was this huge revelation because those are almost non-characters. Yeah. They, they can sort of fade into the background. Which I think Clue played with as well in having Tim Curry being the butler. He's the butler. Well, and like Mrs. White was a maid in in Clue. Not the, the sexy movie. maid. The sexy maid. Was she Mrs. White? I was thought, she white? No, I think uh, flames. Flames on the side of my face. I think she was Mrs. Oh, White. Oh, okay. 
But there was, was the there was there the sexy was the maid. Sexy maid. Um, but yeah. I don't think that was Mrs. White was a maid in, in the board oh, game that's, clue. Okay, that's where. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, thinking <laughs> of upstairs downstairs aspect of it, yes. also because right they make at least Chris Evans makes mention of the, the mansion as the ancestral home. Yeah. And they right. They got it in the nineteen eighties. Eighties. So uh, yeah, this this idea of the class of wealth, mm-hmm. um, how that changes how you approach life. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And I just saw in one of the influences for Ryan Johnson, in addition to all of these great mm-hmm. mystery films and novels, Gosford Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gosford Park's a, a fascinating movie, mm-hmm. um, which is all about the, the upstairs, downstairs. And the, there, is, there is a murder in Gosford Park. It's been so long since I've seen it. And it's been so replaced by like Downton Abbey. Yeah. I feel like Downton Abbey was uh, Julian Fellow's second go kind of at Gosford Park, but um, I get Gosford Park in a different movie confused. Um, who, who directed Gosford Park? Julian. It's a Julian, Julian Fellow. Okay. There's another one that I'm getting confused with, which was directed by Robert Altman. Okay. Because I haven't seen Gosford Park. I've seen the other one. Okay. So. I don't know the context. Loose connections. <laughs> Loose connections here. What's Me the movie not be I'm biased. thinking of? Um, um. I, I don't know. Um, but that was one of the things I wrote down to... So Robert Altman directed Gosford Park. Oh, but it, is it... Okay. Just don't listen to me. Writer written by Julian Fellows. Okay. I knew he was in there somewhere. Okay, you were right. We were both right. <laughs> I'm like, I think that's the Altman movie. <laughs> Just a long, circuitous path to get okay, there. Yes, there is a murder in Gosford Park, but it's handled in such an what I consider to be a Robert Altman sort of way, in that like somebody dies at the periphery of the film, yeah. and like if any other director was in charge of it, that would be like the central point of the movie. Just gonna talk, talk, talk. But all Robert Altman cares about, and and Julian Andrews is the the. The interaction between classes and yeah. things like that, which is what they're working on. Um, yeah, an interesting take on on uh, liberal progressivism, kind of conservatism in the U.S. Yes. right now. Um, I thought it was kind of great. This film was released around the holidays because I wondered how many families would see this <laughs> and just see their holiday um, kind of. Happening, yeah. um, and you know, I uh, appreciate the kind of performance of of progressivism that some of these characters were were playing. Yes. Um, where they're saying all these things, but then like not enacting. Well, yeah, in and as soon as the opportunity for like like with Marta shows up, they're like, "Oh, we'll take good care of you." Right. <laughs> None of them knows uh, where she immigrated oh, from. Yes. Her family. Her family's from, from Paraguay or Uruguay or Ecuador. I, you know, or... surprised they knew all the names of those countries. I mean, probably that they're they're educated. <laughs> um, also. At least two characters were like, sorry you weren't at the funeral. I got outvoted. Yeah. Um, right? <laughs> I wish so, you had been there. <laughs> yeah. That, that feels... Yeah, I think it was, that was Jamie Lee Curtis's like introductory line almost. Yeah, that feels... Which is very fun. Icky. But then they're trying to like also 
call her family a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, one of my favorite like moments um, visually in there is um, one of the sons is telling the story about Omar is like family for us, and they show a flashback of him like waving her over to join them. And then when we get Marta's version of the events, it's like, oh, they're arguing about immigrants. And they bring Marta over to prove a point. Uh, And it replays the exact, like, come over and join us, Marta. And recontextualizes that into a whole new perspective was really fascinating. (laughs) Was like, ah, that's what Mm. they mean by, like, family. (laughs) Mm. Um, Yeah. I had another thought. I had another thought. It's, it's gone. Oh, okay. It's probably gone for now. Um, oh, the, the, the sprinkling of... I read that in The New Yorker. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We've been discussing... It's come up several times of how many people have, like, subscriptions to The New Yorker and never read. Yeah. Well, so it was, it was... It was... It was... It was... It was a great introduction because we had one of the, like, granddaughters, Meg... Mm-hmm. Um, when we're introduced to uh, Blanc, um, she's like, "Oh, I re- saw a tweet about a New Yorker." New Yorker. No, that was Joni. Was that Joni? That was okay. Joni because was one of them. She she's just set up as the type of character yes. who gets her news from a tweet about an article in yes. another publication. <laughs> and then um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character actually read the New Yorker article. But then, at the end, with Chris Evans' reveal, like, you, they see him, like, with the New Yorker article yeah. in front of him as he's cutting out the, yeah. the newspaper article to send to Blanc. And then uh, throw it in with the um, Hamilton reference. Oh, I saw it at the public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who oh, is man. The Don Johnson character, I can't, it's Jamie Lee Curtis's husband in the film. Yes. Who's also the uh, one who's, Drysdale. like, very anti-immigration. Yeah, Richard Drysdale. Um, yeah, he drops the immigrants, we get the job done line. <laughs> but only, we'll learn later in the film. Oh, yeah. legal. But also, uh, Legal. Yeah, legal immigration. Um, again, great use of Lakeith Stanfield in that scene, who didn't even have, like, a line. He just reacted to everybody else. <laughs> Like, we just, we just, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, I, I did, um, right, this, this is nothing new to see wealthy folks being sent no. up for having this very open beliefs and then not, but not when it comes to them or yeah, their it's money. Yeah, different for us and, and um, different for our money. Yeah. I thought. Meg was familiar, but I've not seen anything else she was in. Catherine Langford. She was in 13 Reasons Why and Love, Simon, which I didn't watch either of. Oh, and Ricky Lindholm showed up, and Amy and I both elbowed each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we know her. She's yeah. Garfunkel and or Oates. Yeah, for context, we do that with any time we see Garfunkel and or Oates, which are Ricky Lindholm and uh, Kate Micucci. And they've been in more stuff, I don't know, re- recently. Yeah, well, so they did, um, they did Garfunkel and Oates pretty full-time for a few years. Like, they were mm. doing a, a traveling show. They, get, they got a Netflix special, or a, a comedy special yeah. that is now on Netflix, at least. Um, but they're also, like, working actors, and so they show up in all sorts of things. Yeah, well, I think she was also... Ricky um, Lindhoff was in the comedy special we last, watched last oh, night. Oh, yeah, she was. She showed up in that as well. It's um, the white lady who cries. Was that Ricky Lindholm? 
I think so, but I I wasn't planning on talking about that yet. No, we won't talk so, about that. I'll, we'll we'll so revisit this in our next up. episode. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Lindholm was great. I like seeing yeah. other things. And changing my other my last note, which is yeah. uh, different, changing course. So I have a thing about Southern accents. <laughs> Oh, I know you have a thing about Southern accents. I'm from I North love, Carolina. I love it when you point out people, that's, he's not from North Carolina. He's not from North Carolina. Well, or even the South. Like, yeah. I, I think that a Southern accent is what I hear misdone mm-hmm. the most. And maybe it's because I'm from the South. So you know it. I'm sure if, like, I can't tell the difference between, like, a Welsh and a Yorkshire and, and Cornish. Well, you can spot a Welsh accent. Oh, that's true. That's true. I can't. <laughs> what are you talking back. about? You, spot, back. you have spotted Welsh accents before. Um, <laughs> and I can't, There, I mean, there are people in North Carolina who can tell the difference between like an Appalachian accent versus an Eastern North Carolina accent versus someone from like the, the Piedmont, the middle yeah. of the state and specific areas within there. I cannot. Well, I was. I cannot do that. I remember you complaining incessantly when watching House of Cards about Darkwing Duck's uh, not Carolina accent. Well, no, he was from Gaffney, South Carolina, okay. which is not far from where I'm. I'm okay. oh, sorry, South Carolina. Did I say South? You did. Anyways, he was in Gaffney. He's from Gaffney. Yeah, that was not a Gaffney, South Carolina <laughs> accent. At I don't best, think it was. I don't think it was a Carolina accent. You were complaining. He well, I mean, he was trying to do the kind of like high Southern gentleman from perhaps Charleston or Savannah, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of accent. But that's a very different accent. That is. A, that is. According to Amy, I don't. I can't tell. That is. A very, <laughs> oh, if you played them side by side, oh, I'm sure. Then yeah, you would. Um, okay, so. Uh, so Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig, <laughs> Detective Blanc, uh, was doing that Southern gentleman accents of Savannah, Charleston, which yes. always sounds to me like a performed. Yes, it, it sounds like a fake accent. Um, and 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 he gets kind of at least called out on it a little bit by Chris Evans, mm-hmm. who's like I think he called him a foghorn leg. Yeah, foghorn leghorn, and something KFC. Um, uh, I think it was CSI KFC. Oh, yeah, CSI, yeah, CSI KFC. KFC. Um, uh, yeah. So, but you know what? I I wasn't mad at his accent. I think it worked, and this is why. <laughs> why? Because if we're going to this cache of mystery, uh huh, novels, films, mm-hmm. yeah. TV series, right? He is the Inspector Clouseau. Yes, of the film. Yes. And Peter Sellers did Clouseau with a terrible stereotype of a French <laughs> accent. And that doesn't bother me probably because I'm not French. Yeah. Well, but it is Yeah. There there's there's there is an almost like comic affectation about it that that in these roles works or can work really well. Mm-hmm. Um I was reminded, honestly, of like uh, Hercule Poirot a lot, whose accent is not yeah. a put on. He is right. He is from Belgium. Um, well, the actors who have played Poirot have 
it doesn't feel like a put on yes. accent. It's not being yeah. performed some or or I would refer I more know. as I like think, presentational. I think the, the Kenneth Branagh one. I didn't see the Kenneth Branagh, but I would totally believe it. But the old yeah. school Poirot from the BBC, the guy who did it oh, for, yeah, for you know, decades. Um, yeah, he was great. Yeah, so it wasn't mm. because it was that stylized perform. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, Southern and accent. Most of the characters in this were heightened. Yes. Um, in a lot of Jamie Lee Curtis's character, uh, Tony Collette's character, the son's um, character's name, actor I've just forgotten. Chris Evans? Or no, the um, uh, little alt right Nazi? Oh, no, although him, he was also. No. Um, he the, never spoke. Which was. He, 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 he yelled at Meg a couple times. Okay. He said some things. He, that's in the true. confession scene, yeah. Um, uh, Michael Shannon's character, uh, Michael Shannon, and Don Johnson's character, all of them were were just a little bit, not stereotypical, but like a light caricaturization. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so within all of that, Daniel Craig's ridiculous Southern accent fit. Yeah. Um, there's, there's there's a reading there. About Marta being more realistic and everyone else being heightened, heightened. presentational. Yeah, there's a reading there. I don't yeah. know. I don't know exactly what, what it is, is but, but is, something yeah. to do with with the class and the the structure of that. And even like Meg, the sort of young girl in college, was doing a lot of it as a put on and mm-hmm. was was putting on sort of this mask of a characterization. Mm-hmm. Whether or not she actually believed her things wasn't important as much as the performative nature of it. So I think. I have to watch it again to really dig into what they, what I think is going on there. But sorry. Well, and Johnson, uh, Ryan Johnson also said he's open to a sequel. It would center around Blanc. This yeah. is from Wikipedia. It would, it would have but, to center around Blanc. I don't think you right. Do Which to me is like the path of the Pink Panther because yes. Clouseau is not the main character of the Pink Panther, which surprised us both. Going yeah, back and yeah. Watching that, but all of the sequels centered on. Mm-hmm. I don't um, think so. And I think I think you could do that. I think you would. I would want it to to fall into the same sort of role as as Pink Panther and Clouseau, as um, Columbo, because even when Columbo was on, like in Columbo, he was the main character. He always got roughly equal billing and screen time with whoever the villain of the week was. And they were often bigger name stars because mm-hmm. you could get someone like Leonard Nimoy in for a week to do an episode, um, and he's going to get real big billing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would I would want to make sure that even if we looked at Blanc in later films, I would want it to still focus on. I would want him to have co-equal billing in the same way that he did with Marta. Mm-hmm. We don't see inside of Leblanc's mind. We don't yeah. see his system or his process. Um, his his line about the arc of truth following it to the end, gravity's rainbow didn't quite work for me. <laughs> like I, I think I know what he was trying to do. I, I struggled buying it. Mm. Um, in that I, I was getting, I was reminded of things like um, the affectations of Poirot with his little gray cells and sort of always, you know, the way they solve the mystery is as much a part of the characterization. Whereas, and the movie points this out, like, Blanc didn't solve anything. 
Like, he knew something was going on from the very beginning, and we get that reveal at the end that mm-hmm. he saw the, the blood drop on her sneaker, but it was never about him solving the mystery in the same sort of way, other than, like, he was working on it, and he was solving it, and his presence was causing problems, um, but he was he was very passively engaged. Because mm-hmm. he wasn't the protagonist. Um or the donut hole metaphor. <laughs> Which was a great moment of comedy, but also sort of pointing out, like, this doesn't quite work. Um, whereas, you know, with Columbo, the sort of the affectation of, of Columbo not quite knowing what he's doing and sort of just just asking questions. And, and Columbo is confused a lot. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, well what, about, what about this? Like, that doesn't doesn't make make any sense and give the villain of the week the opportunity to concoct a lie right there that he could then later use to build a cage around them mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, now, of course, that happens over multiple, multiple episodes. You know, there's 76... So you don't feel like you know. uh, Blanc was quite controlling the revelation of, of things. <sighs> Didn't quite have the same sort of manipulation to investigating... The people. I don't. Of the I time. didn't feel that in this, and I, some of that may have been because we were seeing it from artist perspective, yeah. um, which is not a well, bad thing. Like I said, I think he. I think he goes more towards the Clouseau. Yes, Clouseau yeah. than than Poirot or Colombo. Yeah. Um. In in. No, being I, th- more I think comedic. you're right. Yes. Um. I think he is comedic from an audience perspective. Like we laugh at him and mm-hmm. with him more at him but the world of the film treats him very seriously yes yeah they he got, take a, him he got a new yorker article. yeah he got a new yorker article yeah like so there's there's it's maybe he's a, a gentleman detective yeah the last which, great gentleman detective what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> um and and it's not a bad thing one way or the other. And both of those things can be true. He can be a great detective within the world of the film, but be yeah. humorous to us. I think Clouseau does fit that. Like, Clouseau has an amazing reputation, at least in the one Pink Panther movie we saw. Um, you know, He's been tracking these jewel thieves forever. Huh. And he does... Well, he, does, he doesn't get his man in the end. That's such a... Pink Panther's such a weird film. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. he gets his... Well, but, no, he doesn't. But wait. He doesn't get he his He gets arrested for the crime. He solved. Um, <laughs> Pink yeah. Panther is such an interesting film. <laughs> it is. We were not expecting it to be a, like... Uh, as interesting as it was. But, yeah. yeah, no, I, I, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I like your comparison to Clouseau for he, That he's more of on the Clouseau side yeah. of things. I yeah. mean, not in a... That's not what a derogatory like, thing. What yeah. I like about this too is it's not trying to exactly replicate. No, any of no, it's it is it is very much its own thing. Any, it, um, you know, right? It's reference. It's v- like obliquely referencing them in atmosphere mm-hmm. and kind of the idea of having a group of people confined to a house for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And there's there's Solve. a set of players and a mystery. And, you know, murder, murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, all the acting. Seemed good. I'll go back and watch it again and make sure yeah. I'm correct. And right, Daniel Craig has the 
at least a Golden Globe nom yeah. for it. Oscar would be harder as it's more of a comedic yeah, film. But I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve an Oscar for it, but I wouldn't. Bel- I wouldn't expect him to get one. Yeah, I'm so disillusioned with the Oscars these days. Yeah, well, the Golden um, but, Globes are just nutty. Yeah, but he, just the thing. I think that people are also picking up on Daniel Craig doing something comedic. Yes. Right, one of the previews we see before the film is his latest James Bond. No we're, time to die. We're so used to <laughs> his... Um, his gritty realism James Bond. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh, not a goofy kind has of cartoony James Bond. Has he been in before? I feel like he has. I, I'm, he probably has. I'm not a big Daniel Craig. He was in... Uh, uh-huh. Before he was Bond, he was in... Um, a gangster movie that I just watched. As a com- comedy no, role? No, no. Oh, okay. Um, but Layer I, Cake. He was in Layer Cake. He was okay. he was the lead in Layer Cake, um, which was a like British crime drama. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm also wondering if that's what people are are picking up on his performances. Is they're liking? He can be funny. Him, him be yeah. funnier. Yeah, I wouldn't. Goofier. I wouldn't say he's been. In anything funny, really, before that. Yeah, yeah. So, not that he didn't do an excellent job. No, he was real good. I mean, he he earned some accolades. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about trailers. A new James Bond movie looks like a James Bond movie. Yeah. Well, I guess if you wrote them down, because I've already I did. forgotten I wrote them. them down. Forgotten so, them all. Uh, we got new James Bond movie. Um, which looks like it's calling back to all of the previous James Bond movies, which I do not remember. Uh, I, I haven't. I think I saw Daniel Craig's first go at it. I saw... Seeing the I rest thought, of them. So I, I've not seen all of them. I saw the first one, Casino Royale. I think I saw Quantum of Solace, but I don't remember it at all. I saw Skyfall, which I have some real problems with. I mean, it's, it's jumping into, like, an episodic... No, serialized. I always get those mixed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Bond. It, it will franchise. Craig's Bond has been much more serialized there, than a lot of Bonds before him. Right. Like uh, Pierce Brosnan's Bond, the last Bond before him, was never. You just watch one of those. You watch one, and... and it's fun, and it's it's you know got gadgets and spies. This one has the first black woman as a 007 yes. in it. I think that's kind of one of the, the headlines on this one. Um, Which just seems fine. Yeah. What else you got on the list? Um, just Mercy. Which oh, was, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's gonna... Yeah, that's, that's, that's got awards bait all yeah. over it. Um, looks fine. You know, lots of good actors. Looks like a movie that, like, should be out there. Yeah. Um, you know, investigating... Man unfairly sentenced to death row yeah. for a crime he didn't commit, right. and you know trying to solve that. Uh, Nineteen seventeen, which was directed by the director of Skyfall. Oh, Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes. Um, it's a war movie. It's a World War One movie, which we don't have a lot of. Yeah, it's kind of like Saving Private Ryan, World War One. Yeah. It's- I did have a question watching the movie, the trailer. Because, like, the, the premise is, like, oh, this guy's got to go to this one battalion. They're all going to get killed if he can't catch up to them in time. And my question was, like, radios? Do radios not work? Well, they're, they're probably going to explain why. I know they can. Why. I'm sure. I'm sure but, it's fine. Um, but radios might have been later. 
like actively using them. To... I don't know much about World War One. I. I think so... Telegram. Yeah. Tapping. I don't I, know. Yeah. I don't know. It was just just a question I had watching the trailer, but it looks like a fine action movie. That's yeah. Not really our cup of tea. War no. movies. Not. Yeah. The, the only thing that's interesting is like, oh, it's a World War One movie. Like we don't have a lot of those. Yeah, we just but we. I feel like we've had a couple in the last. Well, couple so we years. had. Um, the Peter Jackson documentary. Oh, okay, yeah. And Dunkirk was World War Two. Yeah, Dunkirk um, was World War Two. Yeah, that's true. That's I didn't true. see Dunkirk or the Peter Jackson documentary. I want to see the documentary. War movies aren't really our, our cup of tea. Our jam. Uh, I wrote down the Ruth section. Oh yeah, the rhythm section. The rhythm section. I don't even remember what that was about. I have no idea. Um, a woman goes on a murder spree. On oh, some the Blake terrorisms. Lively film. Yeah, Blake Lively goes on a murder spree to get revenge on terrorists. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I could see you know, I could see it being like in the vein of a John Wick. Mm-hmm. Um, not with the sort of superpowers that Keanu Reeves John Wick has, but sort of the idea of nothing left mm-hmm. to lose, going on a suicide mission mm-hmm. to to cause revenge. It looked fine. I wasn't I wasn't super impressed. I didn't didn't quite buy into it with the yeah. trailer. Wasn't um, wanted to. The trailer that I definitely uh, am fascinated by, if nothing else. Was Barb and Star visit Playa del Mar? That's a weird one. <laughs> that was a weird one. Yep. Um, we don't know who's in it. I do. I don't see one of them. Oh well, we don't know who's in it because we didn't see their faces. Yes. But Kevin has identified. I mean, those are the, the premise of the trailer, which is via internet or voice. Um, is like. These two women, Barb and Star, who are a, a certain aesthetic. I can't. I can't put my fingers on like what they're they're sort of aping. It's always like this, like Golden Girls, but also like like very Florida, middle, Midwest, yeah, housewife from the eighties. Yeah. Um. I mean, the whole thing starts with like a shot of a paperboy. Jamming out. out on his Walkman, um, throwing papers, and then we yeah. cut to Barb and Star, but we only see like the tops of their forehead, like eyebrows up. Um, and they're talking about like, what if we had a movie trailer? Well, we wouldn't want to show our faces in it. And then the rest of the movie trailer, you do not see their faces, even as like other things are happening. Um, but no, one of them was I want to say Kristen Chenoweth, but it's not Kristen Wiig. Mm-hmm. Kristen okay. Wiig was definitely one of them. Well, because it sounds like it's Paul Feig. Yeah, it's definitely Paul Feig. Uh. Uh, but I, weirdly, like, I recognized the lower half of Kristen Wiig's face in, like, the one shot we got of her okay. face. I would totally buy that she was one of them. Um, yeah, I have no idea what's going on with that, but uh, I'm intrigued. I am also um, generally a sucker for two people's names in a movie go on an adventure that are not people like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, yeah. uh, Zach and Mary make a porno, um, Dude Where's My Car could have been one of those if yeah. it had just been called their names. Like that sort of like, that movie is a, is a, gets a knife in me. I'm excited mm-hmm. by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got you hooked. Yeah. Well, and I 
really like Kristen Wiig in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate her on SNL. I think yeah. all of her SNL bits are bad. <laughs> but uh, she's actually really good in things like Bridesmaids mm-hmm. and uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters are good. Yeah. I should watch Ghostbusters again. Um, now I'm going to look it up and see if it says on the internet who's in it. Just because I'm curious. Hmm. Do you want the mystery spoiled for you, Amy, or do you want to do you want to find out later? Uh, no, you you can spoil the mystery. I mean, this this is going to be information that comes out. Yes, <laughs> they're not going to just not. Um, okay, so Kristen Wiig is star. I was correct, mm-hmm. and Annie Mumolo is Barb. I don't know who that is. Uh, she played a character named Barb in This Is 40. Possibly the same Barb. She is not... She's been in lots of things, but not, but not in, in major a, roles. Ma- lots of, of small roles. Yeah. Like, and not even, like, roles you would recognize her in. Like, she played L- Lucy in an episode of Superior Donuts. Like, one episode of Superior mm-hmm. Donuts. Uh, she was in five episodes of Angie Trebekah mm-hmm. as a recurring character. So, like, definitely not... A name, which is cool. That's interesting. I like I like that even more because they're not they're willing to like have someone opposite Kristen Wiig without the same Star fame Power. level as Kristen yeah. Wiig, and they're intentionally downplaying it for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I dig it. Yeah. So one intriguing. Yeah. Uh, trailer. trailer. The for rest us. of them were fine. For us, other people <laughs> will be interested in another. Oh yeah, no people are people are raving about uh, nineteen seventeen already. Yeah, yeah. I've seen people talking about doesn't, that. Doesn't mean it's bad. It's just not not necessarily we want to go see. Uh, one last thing, I, the, my other note. So the establishing technology. My other note was um, just the, the amazing casting of Chris Evans. Like, even Kat mm-hmm. was talking about that as we were leaving the theater. Like, like you don't expect him to be a bad guy because he's Captain America, and like very intentionally playing off of that. And so when he decides to start helping you out, you're like primed to believe him and buy into. Oh it. right, he's the the perfect kind of. Yeah, that's uh, America's ass. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yes. Um, so just a, just I mean, all of the casting is perfect, but also so was Chris Evans mm-hmm. as sort of a smarmy jerk. And, and kind of a more comedic yeah. film yeah. Um, than Captain America series. Yeah, Captain Marvel America Universe. doesn't let him be funny. Right. Which is sad, because he's a very good comic actor. So it's Chris Evans. Not Chris Evans. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Chris well, Chris Evans was in um, Scott Pilgrim. Yes. And that was a comedic I typed the password thing. wrong. Oh. Well, is that... All we've got. That's all I've got. On Knives Out. Knives Out. It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Ryan Johnson everyone makes likes good it. movies. Yeah, everyone, everyone likes it. Everyone likes it. And, and for good reasons. For good yeah. reasons. Uh, I do a little bit in my deep, petty heart laugh at like Knives Out getting like a 96 Rotten Tomatoes in theaters the same time as Rise of Skywalker getting like 55% Rotten mm. Tomatoes. Just, just a little sort of Ryan Johnson. Like I don't, I don't think it was on purpose of his, but like no, they can't. He has little control, I'm no, sure, over yeah. release dates. But just it being out as as 
almost counter-programming to Star Wars. Well, it was released the end of November. Yeah. So and Star Wars was December 20th. Yeah. So. so it's not immediately. Like, we were in the smaller theater. Yeah. In the, in the movie theater. Yeah. Although the house was packed. Yeah. Well, except for the bottom. It was stadium seating. Yeah, I guess it was stadium. The um, bottom couple rows weren't. But, like, yeah. there were a lot more people in there than I expected for, for a movie a that's a month show old. on on a yeah, Thursday. after Christmas. After yeah. Christmas. Yeah, no, I agree. Nice. Fun movie. I liked it. Fun movie. We'll see again. Yeah, we'll see again. Um, and coming up soon, we're going to do some more episodes. It's been like a month since our last episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't have a release schedule. No. We do it when we have time. Mm-hmm. And feel like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Say goodnight, Amy. Good night, Amy.